Hello and welcome to Let's Listen. This is episode 3 of this audio-only Grim Fandango Let's Play. My name is Sam Hillstead, and as always, I will be your narrator. Previously on Let's Listen, Manny vowed to save Meche after she had her ticket on the number 9 stolen from her by the Department of Death. Manny escaped the city with the help of Salvador Limones, the leader of the Lost Souls Alliance. As he fled, his former boss Don Copa and his rival salesman Domino were paid a visit by a local crime boss named Hector Lemans. For letting Manny get away, Hector turns Don into a bouquet of marigolds. Meanwhile, Manny and Gladys overcame the trials and tribulations of the petrified forest, including, but not limited to, extinguishing flaming demon beavers, navigating a living maze, and Gladys ripping his own heart out of his chest. They arrive in Rubakawa, but Meche is nowhere to be found. Instead, Manny finds an old client of his and a local sea captain named Velasco who both tell him that Meche hasn't been through. But it's said that all lost souls make their way to Rubakava. So to make ends meet while he waits for her, Manny takes up a job as the janitor of a local diner. One year later, Manny has worked his way up and transformed that diner into the Calavera Cafe. But even in his success, Manny never stopped thinking of Meche always hoping that this is the night she finally shows up. Manny's standing on a balcony, wearing a white tuxedo. He's smoking a cigarette above a sign that reads, Calavera Cafe. A door opens. Hey boss, you gonna come downstairs? I got a customer asking for you. You know I don't like to mingle with the customers. Well, you may want to mingle with this one. She sounds like your type. Before he goes down, though, Manny has to finish his cigarette. Well, looks like a quiet night in old Rubacaba. He gazes out over the city of Rubacaba, no longer the quaint port town it was just a year ago. It's nighttime, so the city is alive. Flashing neon signs advertise the city's many nightclubs, Spotlights illuminate Rubakava's racetracks, and a zeppelin hovers overhead where the party never stops. But it's not all fun and games in Rubakava. The city's run by mob bosses, crooked lawyers, and dirty cops who keep an ever-watchful eye on the city's proletariat, where dangerous ideas are spreading. But none of that is Manny's business. He's a successful business owner. He turned an empty diner into one of the city's hottest joints. Even in his success, though, he's never stopped thinking about Meche. As he goes downstairs, he secretly hopes that it's her. But first he runs into Glottis, who's playing a grand piano. Hello, Manny. Hola. He's also in a white tux with a black bow tie. The room, though, is empty. Quiet night, huh, Cardinal? Day of the dead ain't good for business, Chief. But last night, remember last night, Manny? Oh, wait! Manny chuckles. What's that you're playing? 
Oh, this is just a little, you know, love song for a special lady. <laughs> Sing a little bit of that song, why don't you? Well, I only have this part. Bone wagon. I like it. Gladys looks proud of himself. You know, when we leave, I'm actually gonna miss this place. Ah, oh, Manny, why can't we just stay here? We got our fancy club, we got three squares a day. Max lets me take the bone wagon out on his kitty track once a week. Plus, we look good in these clothes. Gladys, I can't live in this world forever. It's not where I belong. I've gotta find Mecha and help her, because if it weren't for me, she'd have been on that train a year ago. Okay, Manny. Manny gives Gladys a nudge. You think she'll come in tonight? Who, my special lady? No. Menchie. You know what, Manny? I think she will. I got a feeling tonight's the night. Well, I'll let you get back to practicing. I don't need to practice, man. I'm good. Manny doesn't stop to argue. Instead, he moves on through his club. Through the casino. And there, day of the dead or not, people are still going to gamble. It's bustling inside. There are all sorts of rich fancy folks out to give their money away to manny ah my bread and butter thrill-seeking rich folk with a poor grasp of statistics and probability his croupier is running the roulette black everyone lost that round so he calls for more bets on his way out Manny has to walk past Lupe, his overzealous coat check girl. She's a tiny pink skeleton in a red uniform, and she catches him. Manny! She pops up from behind the counter. Evening, Lupe. I have to tell you about my new organizational system for the coats. Manny sighs. Everything okay back in the land of fur and fedoras? Everything's in order. It's beautiful. I can't wait for people to come in and try the new system. It's so cool. Want to hear about it? He doesn't, but he's a good boss. Okay, tell me all the details about your new coat check system. Yay! Okay, I found all these plastic tiles in the back, left over from the automat, and guess what? They all have numbers on them. So what I'm doing is I give one to everyone who checks a code in and... Many tried, but he spaces out. Manny, you're not even listening to me. I go to all this work organizing your coats, and you don't even care. Lupe. Forget it. Don't pretend to care. No, I want to hear. Oh, I'll tell someone else about it. Someone who cares. Please, tell me all about your new coat check system, really. Don't patronize me, Cal. He changes the subject. How's the flow tonight? We're dead tonight, Manny. Everybody's back home for the Day of the Dead, I guess. Except for the casino. The casino's hopping. Why is it that all the people who don't go home are the same people who just love to gamble? Well, I guess when you've got nothing to go home to, you've got nothing to lose. Hey, we should put that over the door. Think she'll come in tonight? Manny, you ask me that every night. What am I supposed to say? You're supposed to say... Yes, I think tonight's the night. Yes, I think tonight's the night that you finally go nuts from waiting for the grand entrance of Ms. Mercedes Colomar. Let's try that again, shall we? Think she'll come in tonight? Yes, I think tonight's definitely the night. Thank you. It's my fault she's out in the woods alone, you know. <sighs> if you say so, Manny. Okay, back to work. Okay. 
many peers outside looking for that customer Lupe mentioned. He sees someone in the distance, a figure cloaked in black, standing at the edge of the cliff. Manny can't see clearly, but it looks like Meche. Meche? Manny, help me. I've been lost for so long. Why didn't you look for me? I did. You ran off. Why? Because you said I was no good. I've been all alone in the world for a whole year. She turns around. And it's all because of you! But it's not mentioned. It was some unholy demon eagle and it flies off. Many sprints to the closest binocular viewing station to see where the eagle went. He spots it, dive bombing down the cliff, gliding over the sea, and then down by the docks. And then, Manny sees the real Meche with Domino. He's in a black tux, and he's helping her aboard a gigantic steamboat that's about to leave. As it starts pulling away from the dock, Manny makes a mad dash off the cliff and jumps onto the ship, just barely clinging onto the edge. Meche sees him, and Manny reaches for her hands. But then, she throws a glass bottle and hits him in the head. Manny falls into the sea again, and Velasco the sea captain rescues him again. This gonna be an annual thing with you, Manny? Every day of the dead, you toss your bones into the drink and I fish him out? I don't plan to be around that long, Velasco. As soon as I find out where that ocean liner's going, I'm after it. Ha <laughs> ha! That ship's going to Puerto Zapato. That's the other side of the world. Ain't no ships going out that way but the old limbo here, but... But nothing. If the limbo's my only hope, then I'm already on board. Well, good luck, son. That's all I got to say. Velasco starts to walk away, but Manny is persistent. All right, so I'm ready to sail. On what? On the limbo, man. Let's go. Manny, 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 the limbo's not a passenger ship. She's small cargo, son, and every hand on board works. I'll work. What are your skills? Sales and restaurant management. Oh, hey, there is one opening on the limbo's crew. Yeah? Yeah, it's in the engine room. And your buddy Glottis would be perfect for it, but he'd have to get his own tools. Manny's taking notes. What kind of tools does Gladys need? Authentic CB equipment only. Okay, if I get Gladys some tools, can we board? Uh, he can, yes. No offense, Manny, but there's just no place for you aboard the limbo. She's fully manned already. In fact, her whole crew's on board, ready to sail at dawn. <laughs> Except for that one guy. Who's the one guy who hasn't boarded yet? Well, Seaman arranges a little late. But he'll be here before they sail. Manny senses an opportunity. What job did Naranja have? He ran the galley. Aha! Restaurant management. Yeah, it's similar to what you're doing now. <laughs> Except the fish is fresher on the limbo. What if Naranja doesn't show up? I can fill his spot, right? Manny, you're not even in the Maritime Union. I know that, and you know that, but we're two guys who can keep secrets, right? Glottis is exempt, but the captain will ask for your card. 
And if you don't have one, they'll serve you to the sharks like chum. And what's worse, I'll get fined. That's a tough union, boy, and I don't mess with them. Manny checks his notes. So let me get this straight. If I get Gladys some tools, then I can get him a job on the limbo. And if Simon Naranja doesn't show up for work, but he will, and I get a maritime union card, which you'll never get, then I can sail on the limbo in the morning. Jeez. Velasco throws his hands up. I guess so. Manny puts his notes away. I'd better go finish packing. Aye, you do that, son. So now Manny knows his mission. Get Glottis some tools, stop Naranja from boarding, and get a union card. First up is the union card, because Manny knows just the sort of seedy fellow who might be able to get him a fake. And as luck would have it, the seedy fellow owes him a favor, and Manny knows where to find him. Back in his own casino, Manny sees him, a sad-looking man drinking a whiskey. Chow Chilla Charlie in his regular booth. He's a small man in a green suit with a pencil mustache. Mind if I sit down, Charlie? Of course not, Manny. I, I mean, it is your club, right? His whole essence just oozes sleaze. Right. So what are you doing in it? Didn't I tell you not to come back until you can pay your bar tab? Oh, <laughs> or they kicked me out of that cat track for printing fake betting stubs. So now I have to come here, Manny, which I love, which I love. Fake betting stubs sounds like classic Charlie. How did you print fake betting stubs? With this. He pulls out a strange black machine. Isn't she beautiful? The last time I was incarcerated, I shared a cell with the most dishonest con man I ever met. He was strictly small time, and I managed to steal this from him quite easily. Thanks. You never know when this may come in handy. Manny takes it. Hey, give that back to me, Manny. Maybe once you sell your bar tab, hey, Charlie? Oh, Manny. Talking about counterfeits reminds Manny of the union card. What else can you counterfeit? Nothing. Anything. Manny tests him. So can you make passports? Manny, you still think like a living man in so many ways. No soul needs a passport. We are all citizens of the same nation, and our king rides a pale horse. So no passports? No. No, that little hologram is so tricky, you know? That's fine, because that's not what he needs. Can you make reasonable union cards? Manny! Are you going to start moonlighting, or are you just looking to hang out with the sailors? Can you do it or not? Hmm. I have a deal for you. If you can retrieve my money from Maximino, I can make you president of that crooked union. I don't need to be president. And why does Max have your money? I put a whole suitcase of it up for collateral on a rather large wager last month. The race was fixed, Manny. They stole my money like common thieves. Here, take this VIP pass and use it to get into the High Rollers Lounge. They won't let me in there anymore. There should be a safe somewhere in the wine cellar, and my suitcase should be in it. And you can get me a card tonight. If you make it back, Manny, the card will be on the table. So that settles it. Manny's next stop is the Cat Tracks. But first, Manny stops to tell Glottis the plan. He's still at his grand piano, practicing. I just had a run-in with Domino and Mechi. 
We're leaving town. What? What? How? Domino's got Meche. We're going after them tonight. What should I do? Just sit here until I get a boat. Sit here. Check. Okay. But then Manny messes up. Check out this fancy pass to the High Rollers Lounge. Can you believe how full of themselves they are over there? He shows Gladys the pass. I don't think their place is any more VIP than ours, do you? I don't know. I, I try to stay away from that place. Really? Why? Because of my, my, my problem. He grabs the pass. Gladys? And runs away. Compadre? Before Manny can even know what happened. Manny doesn't have much of a choice, though, so he heads for the cat tracks to try to catch up to him. At the gates, Manny stops to marvel at the sheer size of the arena. There it is. Max's giant cat racetrack. How's a regular guy with three roulette tables supposed to compete with that? Maximino's famous cat tracks truly are a spectacle. The rich guests watch the races from overhead in their Zeppelin, while the stadium seats are filled with throngs of adrenaline-fueled gambling addicts. As Manny enters, he's greeted by the smell of cheap beer and cat droppings. A race just finished, and a lucky few rush to the ticket counter to cash in their winnings. And again, the winner, Prince Winky Tucker, followed by Abercrombie, You're Not My Paw, Meowie Wowie, Catastrophe, Leeward Louie, Dribble for Kibble, Smokey's Ride. People start returning to their seats. The next race will begin momentarily. Manny's looking for the VIP lounge, but he hasn't been here in a while, so he makes a wrong turn. Fuchi, that smell is peor que la muerte. It's the stable and their huge cans of open cat food. It says revolutionary design leaves can edges safe and smooth for kitty. It's an automated can opener. Wet foods for winners. If Manny's gonna be breaking into a wine cellar, something like that might come in handy. So he takes it. He finally orients himself and makes his way to the second floor. Hey! Where there's a pretty spectacular view of the tracks and the cats in action. Looks like a great night for cat races. And they are impressive, but Manny doesn't have time to linger, and frankly, doesn't care that much for cats. So he makes his way to the VIP lounge. As he gets out of the elevator, What's that? he hears a familiar voice. And then he sees him. Get that mouse! Gladys is still in his white tux. This is it! But it, along with his lips, are stained in red. You're doing it! And there's a pile of empty wine bottles next to him. Oh, if I had only known. I had no idea you liked gambling so much, Gladys. Well, the doctors made me promise I wouldn't do it anymore. But they can't get in the high rollers lounge, Doc, can they? Manny doesn't have time for this, so he goes to find the kitchen. You're doing it! After all, that's going to be the way into the wine cellar. He finds a purple gorilla demon, not unlike the one from the DoD, inside rolling a large keg into an elevator. That's going to be where Manny needs to get. But there's a waiter lingering that Manny needs to get rid of. 
That monster upstairs is running me ragged. Oh, but monsieur, je suis très désolé. There are no guests allowed in the kitchen. I must ask you to leave. In a minute, Leroy. Raoul. But Manny doesn't leave. Instead, he waits for Raoul to go back into one of his supply closets. And then Manny takes out his scythe. And he slips it in between the handles. Trapping Raoul inside. He doesn't feel good about it. But it's what he has to do. Hello? Hello out there? Could somebody please open the door? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I seem to have uh, locked myself in this teeny tiny room. I am actually very close to a phobic, so if somebody, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît, let me out of here immediately. Oh, wow. Then we see Glottis again. Oh, kitty! Hey, I'm thirsty. Where's that waiter? He looks around and throws his arms up. That does it. So Glottis decides to take matters into his own hands. He goes to the kitchen and grabs one of the kegs. He opens the spigot and drinks the entire thing. Mmm, fruity but voluminous. Glottis leaves. But this gives Manny an idea. If he can be inside one of the kegs when they take it back to the wine cellar, he would go back with it. So he uses the automated can opener to pop the top off, and he climbs inside. Just in time for Glottis to come back. Well, somebody's sleeping on the job. He's thirsty again. He opens the spigot again and drinks until it's completely empty. Ah, it's empty. Ah. Ruben! Where are you? He looks around desperately for Raoul, the waiter. And he sees the scythe holding the door closed. Aha! He pulls it out. Oh, mon dieu! Taking a little nap, eh, vous, eh? Well, le keg is le empty, so too sweet. Buster. Yes, monsieur. Merci anything you say. Eto, more wine. Oh, I'm going to fire him for ignoring my pleas, and then I believe I shall quit. Oh, I can never look at that pantry again. No man should ever be locked up in such a small, dark place. Raoul runs away, and the gorilla demon is back to replace the keg. He takes the keg that Manny is in and rolls it back into the wine cellar. Eventually, the gorilla clambers away, and Manny peeks his head out of his keg. Once he feels sure that he's alone, Manny climbs out and starts looking for some sort of hidden passage or compartment, where Charlie is convinced that Maximino is hiding his money. Eventually, Manny, being the good sleuth that he is, does indeed find a secret passage. He follows the dark passage until he reaches a room with a vault-like door on it, but the vault is open. Inside is nothing but empty shelves, or at least that's what it looks like. There is a briefcase, and Manny opens it. Dios mio, it's full of double-end tickets. This could get a hundred souls on the number nine train. Something's not right about this. I get the feeling this suitcase belongs to someone more important than Chowchilla Charlie. But Manny is a man of his word, so he takes the briefcase 
and on his way out of the VIP lounge, as the elevator door opens, Manny finds himself staring down the barrel of a Sprout gun. All right, Manny. Give me the case. Charles, I thought we had a bargain. No, we do. But I thought I'd bring some muscle along just in case. What's the matter, Chuck? Can't afford to hire goons to do this sort of work for you? I'm all the goon I need. Now drop it. Manny slowly drops the suitcase. You said it, boss. And backs away with his hands up. Got a card for me? Here. Welcome to the union, Manny. Meetings first Tuesday of every month, and uh, don't forget to pay your dues. Charlie gives him the card, snatches the suitcase, and runs away. Don't forget to pay my dues. <laughs> and with the union card, Manny can check the first item off of his list. So Manny goes back to Velasco to show off his freshly printed union card. And the card? Let me see it. Oh, oh one of Charlie's rush jobs. Good thing your new captain's far-sighted. Uh, still no room for you on board. No word from Naranja, but he's done this before. But I'm first on the waiting list. As it were, yeah. And don't forget that Gladys has got to bring his own tools. He will. He doesn't go anywhere without a lot of tools. Good, because neither does the limbo. So Manny sets out to find some authentic CB equipment. And the only place to find that is down at the warehouses. He arrives and finds half of the bees buzzing overhead with welding torches and jackhammers, hard at work building a brand new zeppelin. The other half, though, are on the ground, huddled for warmth around a burning barrel. Hmm, these bees don't seem too busy. Manny recognizes one of these idle worker bees. He's a gruff-looking union member smoking a cigar, and his name is Terry. Cold one, huh, Terry? Yeah, it's always cold when you're unemployed, Manny. Manny looks confused. Who's unemployed? Aren't you guys in the union? The union? <laughs> they don't look after us, little guys. They're run by the coppers. And you of all people should know, Manny, that the cops are in bed with the gambling joints. Manny looks defensive. Hey, I run an honest joint. We ain't in bed with nobody. What about the protection money? We pay every week. On the nose, through the nose, like an honest place should. See what I mean? This town is just a big conga line of hustlers, all laughing and dancing and scratching each other's backs. Manny still looks confused, though. He looks up at the working worker bees. Why aren't you guys up there working? You don't know the deal down here on the docks, do you, Manny? If you want to get the jobs, you have to pay the unions extra dues. And that ain't cheap. We don't pay, and so they put us on barrel duty. Now Manny gets it. You bees are being exploited. You should do something about it. Yeah, what can we do? We're just a handful of unorganized drones. We don't know nothing about nothing except just how to take it on a chin. Manny feels bad but he still needs tools. Since you're not using your tools, think I could borrow them? Well, we sold them to feed our families. Then how are you ever gonna work? I, I told you things were messed up down here, Manny. I, I told you. I can't tolerate all this injustice. I'm leaving. Things just aren't the way they should be down here, Manny. It's like the worker bees. They do all the work, but we can't affect the, uh, the, uh, ah, it's like the way that things are produced should be controlled by, I mean, we should, ah, forget it. I'm just a dumb, hungry, out-of-work bee. And with that, Terry slumps over. At this point, Manny isn't even thinking about the tools anymore. He's seen injustice. 
So he goes to the one place that might be able to help. The local speakeasy. Blue casket. Just doesn't have the zing of Calavera Cafe, you know? He steps inside the blue casket and into a different world. It's dark and smoky. The walls are lined with books. There's a jazz band in the corner and everyone is wearing black. Hey, look, deadbeats. There's also a stage and a microphone. Looks like it's open mic night. Now, if there's anyone in Rubacaba who can help the proletariat in their plight against the oppressors, it's these guys. In fact, there's a group of beatniks at a table right in front of Manny, smoking hookah around an open copy of the Communist Manifesto. Before Manny can go talk to them, though, he sees someone he knows. It's Lola, one of Rubacaba's paparazzi, who's known for falling in love with her targets, including Manny at one point. Now she's after Maximino, the owner of the cat tracks. She's hiding behind the bar with a camera. Lola? What are you doing here? This crowd doesn't go much for souvenir pictures, except maybe of Lenin. Shh! Manny, I'm on a stakeout! I'm gonna prove to Maximino once and for all that Olivia's no good for him! Still hung up on Max, eh? Take my advice, Angel. Forget about him. He's a gambling racketeer. <laughs> like you. Oh, that hurts, baby. Then Lola hears something. Hey, shh! Here they come! A back door opens, and out comes a bohemian-looking woman with a man in a frilly red suit. Come on, sugar. How about a kiss for the road? Oh, ick. Don't let me down, Nick. You're a lawyer. You're not supposed to have feelings. I don't, but I know a good tart when I see one. The man leans in for a kiss, and Lola gets a picture. Hey! If Maximino sees that, we're going to end up in matching terracotta pots. Don't be silly. Lola runs away with her camera. He wouldn't hurt me. He loves me. <sighs> the man brushes Manny aside as he storms off. Manny, at last we're alone. Tell me, how are the bourgeoisie? Fine. How's Max? Oh, Gramps, don't start. Manny shakes his head. What are you doing with a snake like Nick? I'd lay it on you, Manny, but uh, I don't think you'd get it. Messing around with your boyfriend's lawyer is pretty dangerous. Oh, maybe I was wrong. You do get it. But maybe Lola isn't in it for the danger. I'm a little worried about Lola. That's because she's doomed, Manny. She fell in love with Maximino. That's the one mistake I never made. You think Nick would hurt her? Only if he finds her, and take it from me. He's not good at finding things. <laughs> then Manny takes a dig at the empty stage. Open mic night seems like a big hit. It always takes those timid souls a while to get up the nerve. He gives Olivia a nudge. Maybe it would help if you went up there and started things rolling. Oh, Manny, read poetry in my own club? That would be like this whole place was just a big temple set up to worship me. He nudges her again. Oh, come. Okay. Alive. She relents. We slept. Life's, Life's just, just some rapid, rapid eye movement, movement. In a warm, cozy bed. Buried. We wake. The flesh dream is over, Daddy. Now that we're all crazy dead. She gets snaps all around from all the deadbeats as she gets off the stage and goes back to Manny. That was great. Yeah, but that's the last one. Manny sees if she'll do it again. Hey, how about another poem? Okay. Ashes to ashes. She relents again. To ashes, to ashes, to ashes, to ashes, to ashes, to ashes, to me. To ashes, to ashes, to ashes, to ashes. More snaps for another great poem. 
once again, she gets off the stage and goes back to Manny. That was great. Yeah, but that's the last one. She promises. Hey, how about another boom? Okay. Okay, okay last, last one, one folks. folks. She gets serious. With, With bony hands, hands, I hold my partner. On, on soulless feet, feet, we cross the floor. The music stops as if to answer. An empty knocking at the door. It seems his skin was sweet as mango when last I held him to my breast. But now we dance this grim fandango and will for years before we rest. Olivia gives a very subtle bow and then goes back to Manny. That was great. Really? This time I just don't have any more. And now she means it. You know, I'm thinking of buying this place. Really? I thought about buying yours for a while. But then I just decided to ask my boyfriend, Max, to buy it for me. Manny shrugs. You can have it. I'm leaving town. Manny, you sound so exciting all of a sudden. Why are you leaving town? Johnny Law, baby. You see, I'm a grifter. I'm bad news. Yeah, right. You're running after that ghost chick everyone says you're still so uptight about. Well, I have a poem I wrote just for you. Pay attention because it's pretty short. Here it goes. Ch- uh, 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 uh. Mm. <laughs> Manny gives a half-hearted chuckle. Well, catch you later, hip chick. Keep practicing that lingo, man. You'll get it. Before Manny goes back to plot the revolution with the deadbeats, he stops by the bar for a drink. But there's no bartender. So Manny peeks into the kitchen to see if he's there. He sees a man in a black fedora mixing drinks. He pours a slushy brown liquid into some coffin-shaped glasses. Just a dab will drop you. Then he notices Manny. Hey, man, you didn't see me put the secret ingredient in these coffin shooters, did you? Relax. Olivia stole the recipe from me in the first place. Yeah, she steals from the rich and gives to me to pour. He finishes mixing the drinks and takes them out on a tray for his customers. But while Manny is back there, he mixes one for himself. On the house, of course. As he leaves, though, he sees one of the customers, a woman in all black and a black fedora, just like everyone else, downs the coffin shooter. and passes out immediately. Whatever Olivia's putting in these drinks is not what Manny is. So he sets his drink down, but takes a mental note. But he's here for something else. Labor organization and revolt made easy. It's the name of a book Manny sees in the middle of a group of comrades having an intense discussion. But don't you see? When the government fades away, so will our troubles. Ah, nonsense. We will always need some armed force to fight off the return of capitalism. That sort of fascist thinking is as dead as you are, comrade. When we get rid of all the guns, that's when people will begin to self-police, and the public opinion alone will keep them from committing crimes. Hola, trust funders. Hey, look who's making the scene. It's Manny Calavera, the up, the down, the backside of the nouveau riche. Beat it, dinner jacket. We're talking about things you wouldn't understand, like truth and beauty. Manny just got punked. But he has a way to prove that he's in with the movement. So he rushes back to his office to find some letters. Letters from none other than the legendary leader of the Lost Souls Alliance, Salvador Limones. 
my wartime communications from Salvador. He's been sending me messages like this for the last year. Agent Calavera, I have word that you arrived in Rubacaba safely. This is great news, as your service to the LSA may now continue. I am pleased to report the successful hatching of the eggs you liberated. The hatchlings, which Eva has named Manny and Meche, are quite healthy and eager to serve our cause. With luck, my next letter will be borne to you across the sky by these young gossamer wings of truth. For the revolution, Salvador Limones. Now, that's probably enough to prove his mettle to the beats of the blue casket. But Manny keeps reading to see if there's something better in there. Calavera, it is indeed a great day for the revolution. Say hola to little Manny, the first enlisted messenger to serve the LSA. Please feed him some breadcrumbs and send him back quickly so we may know that our maiden flight was a success. Manny reads another. These are gold. Manuel, I am sorry to hear that you have not heard from your meche. You must be patient and let your heart remain open. If it is meant to be, you will someday be reunited. Ha! He still thinks I'm in love with her. Ridiculous. Manuel, we have found the head of the serpent. Using the computer access you provided us, we picked up a thread that led us to the man who corrupted the Department of Death. His name is Hector Lemans. Once a small-time racketeer, he has grown fat and powerful by robbing the newly dead. Watch out for the name Hector Lemans, Manuel. And be careful. He'll remember the name. Dear friend, our movement now has true momentum, and our numbers are rapidly growing. Much of this is due to our communications and intelligence systems, both of which we owe to you. In light of your contributions, I would like to announce your promotion to special agent status. I, Salvador Limones of the Lost Souls Alliance, salute you, Manuel Calavera. You are a great ally in this noble revolution. Then there's a letter he hasn't read. I just got this one today. Beware, Manuel. For you are in grave danger. Somehow rumor has spread on the streets of El Marro of your presence in Rubacaba. If this information reaches Hector Lamans, he surely will send his evil operatives after you. You must give up your search for Mercedes for the time being. And please, be out of Rubacaba on the next ship. I think he's exaggerating the danger a little, but I do feel pretty stupid for putting my name on the big sign. As he's leaving his office, Manny sees a very fancy bottle of gold liquor that he's been saving. Ah, Marillo de Oro. A very fine liqueur filled with solid gold flakes. Nothing but the best for my customers. My rich customers. He puts it in his coat. Yes, I better take this with me. For safekeeping. After all, this is probably his last night in Rubacaba. But I'll have to sneak past Lupe at least one more time. Mary! She pops up from behind the counter. I have a note for you from Lola. Lola? Yes. Now, where is it? Where, 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 where? Oh, here. No, wait. Dang, I have a whole new system for messages. Just let me hear. No, no, wait. Ah, be quiet. Here it is. Wait a second. It's empty. There was something inside. It felt like a key. A key? Yes! But did somebody come back here and snake the key while I was sorting the coats? Who would do that? They messed up my whole system! Lolo was trying to leave him something? More on that later. For now, Manny goes back to the comrades at the blue casket. Hey, did I ever tell you guys that you remind me of my friend, Salvador Limones? Salvador Limones is a fairy tale, a spook story the man tells the masses as he puts them to sleep. Idiot! Salvador Limones is a very real and a very great, great man. Manny whips out the letters. He also writes a mean letter. What is this? I, Salvador Limones, salute you. 
Manuel Calavera? A great ally in this noble revolution. You really know Salvador Limones? What's he like? Why didn't you tell us you were a freedom fighter, Manuel? I can't talk about my underground gig, man, where I put the whole scene in Dangerville. Wow. Heavy. Hey, uh, I've got a split, so, um... He leans in. Viva la revolucion. Oh, man. Then Manny points at the book that he wants. Would you cats mind if I dug on this book for a while? Knock yourself out, brother. Labor, organization, and revolt made easy. Finally, Manny has the words and the means to help Terry and his fellow workers fight back. But first, Manny is feeling himself. Testing. Testing. So he goes up to the open mic and figures he could ad-lib something. Good evening. I like to read a poem. He gets real serious. Confuse yourselves. The darkness eating through your brain. I curl into a fist. A single calcified tear. Woman. I am your failure. The end. We hear you, daddy. The beats love it. And with that, Manny leaves the blue casket. He heads to the docks, where Terry and the other worker bees are still standing around the fire pit. He hands Terry the book. I think these are the words you're looking for. He starts reading, and his eyes light up. The workers shall control the means of production. The workers shall control the means of production. Yes, that's it. That's what I've been trying to say. He climbs onto a box. Who will stop the fat cats of industry from building these ships with the pollen of the exploiting working class? The bees who are actually working lay down their tools. I say we fight back. But then the police chief shows up. Hmm, what's this? Maybe a bee agitator? I say lay down your tools right now and show the man just who makes the honey around here. More and more bees gather and start spontaneously making union signs. That does it. The police chief moves in and he singles out Terry. You know, I always thought bees came in two colors, yellow and black. But you look all red to me, my friend. Ah! He handcuffs him. Hey, what are you doing? We've got the right to assemble peacefully. Good. You're going to need a lot of assembly after we take you apart, comrade. And he drags Terry away. Betty! Get me a lawyer! Get me a lawyer! Logan, that's going to make it tough to spring the kid and get him back out here. Good thing I know a lawyer who owes me a favor. Thanks for listening to episode three of Grim Fandango on Let's Listen. Manny is using the word favor here liberally. What he really means is that he knows a lawyer he can blackmail because he caught Nick Virago with Olivia. This is bad news for Nick, because Nick is Maximino's lawyer, and Olivia is Maximino's girlfriend. Maximino, of course, is the owner of the Kitty Racetrack, so he's not somebody you want to cross. And therefore, Manny can blackmail Nick to get Terry out of jail, because Terry is the key. He's the only one who can lead the labor revolt and get his comrades to lay down their tools. So Manny can take them for himself. 
And as if that wasn't daunting enough, Manny still needs to make sure that Naranja doesn't make it on the boat, so that Manny can take his place on the SS Limbo and chase after Meche. So yes, Manny has a long way to go, but the night is young, and anything can happen in Rubacaba. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let's Listen has been particularly active on Twitter lately. I give recommendations of other podcasts that inspired this one, and I love interacting with other Grim Fandango fans and just video game fans in general. Again, my name is Sam, and this has been episode three of Grim Fandango on Let's Listen. See you next time.